1: I wanted to take a quick second to talk about the Cavs because we're. I this was intended to be this part of the conversation was intended to be the the lead for today, and uh, I got all antsy in my pantsy about uh, talking about how the Cavs without Donovan remind me that this is still a team in transition from who they were to who they're going to be, and that's a really important perspective to have. It's why I try not to like Dusty. God bless him vacillates on the Cavs' height panic scale on any given night, on any given game. And by the way, that's representative to how I think a lot of people react to, here in Cleveland, this team. It's because we love the Cavs, and we want to have those expectations. And we love where they are. And by the way, I'm not telling you not to love that. But I'm trying to be a little bit more emotionally balanced, because the more I thought about it, this might not be the year the Cavs win 60 games, get a top-two seed, and are in the Eastern Conference Finals. And that's not saying it's not J.B. Bickerstaff's fault. It's not Donovan Mitchell's fault. It doesn't mean this team is any less than they were last year. I still think they've got a really good chance of being a top-six seed, by the way. But this team's ability to not just win a playoff series, but really make a deep playoff run isn't just built on Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan gives you the chance to to win a playoff series just because of his talent. Now, that depends on matchup. That depends on health. Like, a lot of things go into that. But just the, the big-picture idea, Donovan is so electric of a talent, and his style, uh, his ability as a scorer, his ability to take over games is so good. He, in and of himself, gives you a chance to win a playoff series this year. But the reason why that might be as far as this thing goes, because I don't know Evan Mobley and, D- and Darius Garland are ready to go farther than that, and that has to be okay. That has to be okay for Donovan Mitchell, uh, a guy who hopefully will be here for the next three to five to ten years, and it has to be it has to be good enough for the Cavs. Like I, I get this theory, I get this sense that people just keep uh, you know what. If the Cavs just trade for insert 3 and D player here, it fixes everything. I disagree. One, the Cavs aren't broken. The Cavs are constructed different than most teams in the NBA. They have two undersized combo guards, or well, an undersized point guard and an undersized combo guard, both who are ball dominant. And then they have two seven-footers who are elite rim protectors and who, because of their defensive abilities, just control everything that happens inside the three-point line. Outside, they got to find somebody to help with that. But find me another team that's built like this. If if Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum had had and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen five, six, seven years ago, they might have been in the NBA playoffs at some point. That's like that's how impactful the presence of Allen in uh, Evan Mobley are, but just finding like you, let's say they get a sweetheart deal. Let's like, I'm I'm like, I'm dreaming on a different level. When I say, let's say they trade for an OG and an OB who I think would be the perfect guy, three and D player, uh, big enough to guard a lot of the big threes, hybrid fours, whatever you want to call them, like the Jason Tatums, even that it doesn't fix the calves. Cause one, as I said, they're not broken. And two, the the Cavs aren't broken. They just need to evolve and they need to grow. So I know that the expectations will always be ex, uh, exponentially greater than than maybe where the Cavs are because that's what we do. Because the window in the NBA is is small. The Cavs window is you got to get into an Eastern Conference Finals and maybe make another big move or 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 a, a, you know, find the perfect fifth starter, you need to do that in the next year and a half. Or at least in the next two seasons, two and a half seasons. You you really need to make consistent, deep playoff runs for this thing to, to go beyond a, a year and a half, two years with Donovan. It's just the way the NBA works. He's young, he's elite, he wants to win NBA titles. You've got to prove it to him that you can do that. But this year, specific to this year, Donovan and 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 Evan Mobley can also be top twenty-five players. It just might not happen all the way around this year. And if it does, it, it's kind of like it, it, if it does to me, it means J.B. Bickerstaff's the right guy. Donovan's the guy that 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 earns you a a ticket to the dance. Darius and Evan are the guys that can take you from a really nice regular season team with a high long-term upside to being a team that can threaten in the East this year. And we all have to be okay if it doesn't happen. And will we question J.B. Bickerstaff? Yes. Will we have questions about the team in general? Yes, of course. Will there always be another move they can make? Of course. But that's where the Cavs are stuck, And, and I led the show with this, Between who they've been, plucky upstart, probably overperforming to their talent level, teasing great potential in the future, to being a team that consistently can go deep into the playoffs. One was where they are. I think two is where they can be and where they are going to go. It's going to take a little bit of luck, a little bit of health, and the right moves around them. And I think the thing we're all lacking right now, a little bit of patience. Our next guest is going to be on the call for Westwood One. You can actually hear that right here on 92.3 The Fan on Sunday covering the Bengals and Chiefs game. Uh, He also, uh, not only is he on the call with Ian Eagle and Laura Ackman, he's also a Hall of Fame tackle. Tony Baselli. joins us now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Tony, welcome to the show.
2: Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, happy to have you here. Happy second-to-last Football Friday that we have before uh, August, Uh, do you get, because I know you work a lot during football season, so do you ever get to the point where you're like, oh, man, I just can't wait for the the circus to end so I can relax? Or are you like me? I'll enjoy the rest. I also, uh, like, I want to put off as much as I possibly can because I will miss football way too much.
2: Yeah, I'm probably, you know, as I've gotten older, it's like at the end of the season, I'm like, okay, good. I'm glad it's over. I need a break. I need I like my weekend back. I like <laughs> golf because I, cause I do the uh, I do the Westwood one Thursday night and then the playoffs for Westwood one and I do the Jaguars every Sunday, and so it's a lot of football and a lot of weekends um, away uh, from the house, but um, which I love doing it. But by the end, I'm like, you know what? Not get on a plane this weekend. Playing a little golf, seeing my wife wouldn't be a bad thing for at least a couple months. Now having six months in between the season end of the season and the start,
1: that's a little too long for me. Yeah, I I also love to golf, and there's only so much golf. There's only so much golf in that six months. Um, let's get to this game this weekend. Uh, when you look at this game, do you see specific to because these teams matched up in the the title game, or the conference title game last year. Are either the Chiefs or Bengals better than the versions of themselves that met up last year in the AFC title game?
2: Um, I don't think the Chiefs are better because they don't have the. They're they're, they're a great team, great offense. But, you know, without. They don't scare you as much with no Tyree Kill. And McCall Hardman Hardman was hurt last week. We'll see. I haven't seen the latest injury report today. Um, But, you know, but that speed isn't the same with the Chiefs. I don't think they scare you as much for the top. Um, They might be a little bit better defensively. Um, Chris Jones is dominant. And Proofius, the rookie uh, pass rushers, had a good rookie season. So they might be a little bit better on that side. I think the Bengals overall are a better team. Now you could question that with the three injuries up front at the offensive line. Um, It didn't seem to bother them last week against Buffalo. I really – I love Joe Burrow. I love both quarterbacks. But Joe Burrow is just, to me, the way he plays – you know, it's even the pre-snap and what he does pre-snap is amazing. How quick he is to make decisions and really helps out an offensive line. Now it does help that he has Jamar Chase and T. Higgins out there. Um, it makes his job a little bit easier. Uh, I think it's going to be a fabulous game. I probably lean towards the Bengals because of the injury to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is probably the scariest quarterback in the NFL, but it's also because what he could do with his feet and extend plays, um, in that rocket arm he has that ankle, I believe, will hobble him a little bit and slow him down, and that's a big advantage to the Bengals.
1: Tony, I, I know players uh, and ex-players don't think of this the same way us a uh, mere mortals think of this, but with with Joe Burrow, if he beats Patrick Mahomes on Sunday and second straight Super Bowl, does he surpass Patrick Mahomes a- as the, the clear best quarterback in the NFL? No, I don't
2: think so because... I mean, I can debate right now he's better than Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. And I can, by the way, I can debate that Patrick's better than Joe. I mean, I think it's really close going in. And I don't think one game determines that. And and I think it's great. And listen, I've done talk radio. I love talk radio, sports talk radio. And I, I love listening to it. And I love fans. It's a great fan, sport talks, radio debate. You know, if Burroughs beat Mahomes. Well, the route is. Neither we're going to play against each other. <laughs> and who can, who can operate better with their weapons against the opposing defense? Because I think that's really what this game's going to be. I think there's going to be points. And I think, you know, both quarterbacks could have great games. And it's going to come down to who can make one less mistake or which defense can get that stop. Um, I just think Burrow, because of the Mahomes injury, I think they have an advantage. Um, but I don't think it changes how anyone views Patrick Mahomes. Maybe they elevate Burrow a little bit, but at least for my book, they're they're one and two going into this game. Maybe I better said one A, one B, and I think there'll be one A, one B coming out of it.
1: So with that, do you think I'm glad that you said it the way that you did, which was one A, one B. Do you think that over the last two years, because, because it's always the conversation is always they're a franchise quarterback, they're uh, you know, system quarterback, they're a game manager, we have all these designations. But once you reach franchise quarterback, it feels like if you're just in that conversation, it's good enough. Do you think that Burrow and Mahomes have elevated themselves to their own category of greatness, even with other similar, you know, Lamars, Josh Allens, those kind of quarterbacks?
2: Um, Not in my book. I think, I the way I look at it is I think the AFC is gonna be a gauntlet to get to the Super Bowl over the next decade. I think you have the best young quarterbacks in the AFC. You have the guys we're talking about, Burrow Mahomes. You have Josh Allen, superstar, you have Justin Herbert, superstar, you have Trevor Lawrence, superstar, you have Lamar Jackson, questions where he'll be with the contract, but former M V P. Um, you know, I mean, right there. It's a it's a gauntlet. It's like it's a murderous road to get to the Super Bowl, and I don't think that Mahomes, like I'll give you a perfect example. Last year, when Mahomes when the Chiefs played the Bills, did Josh Allen lose that game, or did Mahomes because of poor clock management get fifteen extra seconds and the away to kick a field goal and send it overtime and then win the coin toss? Like I don't think we even that game last year, Mahomes versus Allen very many people thought that Mahomes was tons a ton better than Josh Allen. So I have him right up there, too. I think what you see with Justin Herbert's done, I think Trevor Lawrence is a – he might be as talented or more talented than any of them. Um, now, I also am biased because I you know, love the Jags. And then you have other guys. So I I think they're all – I think next decade in the AFC is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I it's, it's funny because if you had just said – like if you put uh, – Josh Allen in the NFC. There, you can have a conversation that he's easily the best quarterback there. Or even right. even like Lamar, right? Or uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Trevor Lawrence. These are all guys that you can start to have that conversation about. And in the AFC, it's like, oh, that's cute. He's like the fourth best quarterback to some people. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly right. Isn't that crazy? Well, here's the thing. When you guys are in Cleveland, and I'm not going to make any judgments on Deshaun Watson after you know sitting out two years what he wasn't very good this year, but okay, give him a chance. But you have the highest paid quarterback in the AFC, too, Deshaun Watson. I mean you got another top pick in Tua who had, was great at the beginning of the year and got hurt. You know, so I mean you just look at the quarterbacks who are playing great right now that are young, and then you got a handful like you're trying to figure out like they've been great in the past. You know, can they find that magic again? I mean I think of Lamar Jackson You know, two years beat up, two years of injury. Can he get back to what he was when he was MVP, Deshaun Watson, two years of sitting out really with his issues? Can he get back to what he was before the off-field issues? Well, now all of a sudden if those two do that, holy cow. Good luck getting through that.
1: Tony, I know you're on the AFC call this weekend. Uh, Bengals Chiefs on Westwood One, and again, if people are just joining us, uh, you can hear that game and its counterpart NFC on the uh, on on this station right here, ninety two three, the Fan on Sunday. But I did want to get your thoughts on uh, Philadelphia in in San Francisco and where you think that one goes.
2: Well, um, cutting to the chase, I think Philly wins a tight one. I think, and I'm just giving that advantage because they're at home. This is one of those games, and they don't happen often, that I could watch with never following the ball. You have the best offensive line of football, with the, who has the best center and best right tackle on their team, in Kelsey and Lane Johnson. And you have the number one defense with one of the best fronts in football, led by Nick Bosa. Like, I can't wait to watch Nick Bosa and Lane Johnson match up. you kidding me? That's gonna be I mean, bring the popcorn, forget about where the ball goes right there. And then you flip the other side and you got the number one front four rushing the passer against a dynamic offense, you know, the way they call it, move the pocket and everything, and you have the who has the number one left tackle in all football going against those great pass rushers. I mean, I I can't wait to watch that. I think this game is going to be a classic because you have two great lines of scrimmages on both sides of the ball, offense and defense on both teams, and it's really going to come down best against best. Who can win that battle and disrupt the other, and disrupt the quarterback, or who can protect it if you're on offense? And I think it's going to be a fabulous game. I give Philly a slight uh, advantage because they're at home, and you got a rookie quarterback at Brock Purdy who's played great, but it's still a different thing to go on the road in a championship game
1: Tony we got about 60 seconds uh, uh we got some people in town who are jealous of Joe Burrow in Cincinnati seeing what Cincinnati's doing in the division here and we've asked every former athlete on the station in the last 24 hours whether when you were playing you played in in Jacksonville and Houston was there ever another franchise that actively you felt jealous of
2: the only team I was ever jealous of was whoever won the Super Bowl that year because it wasn't me. So go look I played and just list all the teams who won the Super Bowl and that's who I was jealous of because I wanted that to be me. Um, but never an individual team, but just whoever got the trophy at the end. Cause that's all that matters really.
1: Yeah, I, I will say, my team that I was most jealous of, I was not an athlete, by the way, I'm not a former NFL player, but the team I was most jealous of over the last 20 years has been the Patriots because they won the Super Bowl most. Uh, Tony, great stuff, man. I, I I can't wait to see what happens this weekend. Can't wait to hear you call on this station. We appreciate your time, bud.
2: Thank you. It's going to two great games this, uh, this weekend.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?